Hello, welcome to the Highland Church Podcast. Christmas is a time when we celebrate the coming of Christ through giving presents to people. Um, Sometimes the presents tend to eclipse the celebration, but it is a reminder that God has given his best to us. But one of the things I love is the surprise, not knowing what's in the package, not knowing what's going to be revealed here. And we get to open the presents and find out the surprise that's coming. And there's some surprising Christmas facts I want to share with you as we get started this morning. First of all, the largest Christmas present ever given is actually the Statue of Liberty. I know it was given to honor Abraham Lincoln and to celebrate the freedom we have as a nation, but France gave the Statue of Liberty to the United States as a Christmas present. Can you imagine wrapping that? Yeah, Walmart would have nothing left on the shelves. Um, Another one that I found quite shocking was uh, St. Nicholas, who we now know as Santa Claus, St. Nicklaus. Um, He was... uh, A saint in the early church and at the Council of Nicaea, he was there to help determine what we believe as Christians. And as they gathered, they were discussing different things. And Arius, who was another man there discussing the ideas of what is true and what is false, he said to St. Nicholas, Jesus was only a human. He wasn't God at all. And St. Nicholas, in an act that was very shocking and doesn't feel very much like Santa Claus, but just shows you how important St. Nicholas held the truth that Jesus is God, he swung back and popped this guy, Arius, in the jaw. That would have been quite the church meeting to be at, don't you think? Arius never saw it came in from St. Nick. And then finally, one that we don't realize very often, but Jesus was not born on December 25th. Nowhere in scripture do we read that he was born in December. In fact, he was probably born in the spring, maybe around April or May. Uh, We don't know exactly, but Christmas is just a time of year where we recognize the dark is done and the new light has come. And so it's when we as the church family have decided to celebrate Jesus' birthday. Nothing wrong with that, but just some surprising Christmas facts. The biggest gift, the punch of Santa Claus, and the birth date of Jesus. All a little different. Today we are going to look at a surprise that came to a man in Scripture. Throughout the month we're talking about stories of Christmas. The different people that came in contact with Jesus at the first Christmas. Whether it was on the 25th or not, it still happened. And the man we are going to look at today is Joseph. Joseph, the adoptive father of Christ. Joseph, the newly engaged man who was so excited to get married to his beautiful bride, Mary. Joseph had quite a surprise that hit him. And our big idea today is the fact that God has a plan so we can take action. When surprises happen, sometimes it feels like, what is going on in life? What am I supposed to do? But as we look at Joseph's story, we can discover for ourselves that God has a plan. So we can take action. We don't have to be paralyzed by surprise, but we can step out just as Joseph did into life. 
I want us to look at the scripture, Matthew 1, 18 through 25. Uh, please open your Bibles to that. If you don't have a Bible, the passage will be on the screen for you as well. But as we prepare our hearts to hear God's word, I just want to remind us that we believe the Bible is the inspired word of God. It has been protected and carried down through the centuries and delivered to us. It's living, it's active, and it transforms us as we receive it with an open heart. So let's read the word of the Lord. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Surprise! Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home, with, took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and gave him the name Jesus. Joseph is many things in scripture. He is a carpenter or possibly uh, a stone worker. That might be a better understanding of the translation. He was a hardworking blue collar man. He was a man who loved and wanted to do what was right. He was spoken to by angels in dreams many times. He was the stepfather of God's child, God himself, Jesus. But one of the things about him that we see over and over is that Joseph is a person of compassion. He's a person of compassion. And when life throws us surprises, when we have learned to be people of compassion, people of care, people who engage in life, not just because what we want out of it, but out of coming into a care for others, coming passionately into the needs of others. It changes the way we take action. It changes the way we move, but can also interrupt us from doing what God wants. And we'll see what I mean here. You think, how could being compassionate interrupt you from taking godly action? You'll see here what I mean when I say this. What's something that defines a life? It can be the color of your hair. It can be a set of skills. It could be maybe a disability that you have. It can be a relationship you're in, where you work. I mean, I just want you to think when, when someone asks you about yourself, what's the first thing you want to share with them? What's the thing that you're the most proud about? What is it that comes out? For Joseph, those that knew him, it would have been his compassionate heart. He was a man that cared deeply. He cared deeply about God and his ways. He cared deeply about the society and culture he lived in. He cared deeply about the woman he was engaged to, 
We just read this, but Matthew 1.19 to remind us says, Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now we have to put ourselves in Joseph's seat here a little bit. Um, it was not normal for this to happen as it would be today. Uh, unwed pregnancy was was very rare in the Jewish society because for centuries they had learned that fornication was wrong. It was not something you did, and the punishment was intense. According to the law, Joseph had every right to stone Mary, to take her out completely, and to be the one that cast the first stone. Because... Her physical body told the story that everyone had already written in their mind when they saw her. They had already determined what had happened because she was carrying a child. And just because we live in a God-centered, compassionate, holy way does not mean things will go as planned. In fact, I found the closer I walk with Jesus, the more surprises life brings me. Just because I've got it all figured out and I've got my plan and I've got it all set up and I'm trying to do the right thing, it does not mean I get what I plan for. And that certainly is true with Joseph here. He's doing it right. He's working hard. He's honoring the woman that he wants to marry. He's following God's law. He is trying to do it right and things go incredibly sideways according to his plans. Joseph was a man of God who found a woman who also loved God. They pledged themselves to each other and they knew things were going to work out until God showed up. Isn't that odd? You would think things would go smoother and easier and simpler when God shows up, but God has a plan that's bigger than our comfort. God's more concerned with our holiness than with our happiness. And he's more concerned that our lives impact a world around us than just we have our own little nest of safety and comfort. God had given him the grace to live as a man of compassion. God had given him the grace to live as a man who loved Mary. God had given him the grace to be a man who held close to God's law. And then, and then, the unplanned pregnancy reared its head. Have you ever had an and-then experience? Things are going your way, and then the tire is flat, and then there's not enough money to pay the bills, and then someone you trusted betrays your trust, and then you didn't live up to the standard you held yourself to. We all have and-then moments in life. God knows that they're coming. God has prepared for your and then moment. And then things change. The surprise comes and it's not like opening a present on Christmas morning. It's a pregnant fiance. And it tests him. And I could tell you more and more about Joseph, but I just want us to take a moment today to hear it from Joseph himself. So, Let's turn our attention to this.
Don't look at me like that, you judgmental donkey. Don't. I said, don't look at me like that. I mean it, Delilah. This whole trip is ridiculous, and you know it. How's that again? How about 90 miles with my pregnant wife, for one? You're not the smoothest ride, no offense. And what if she starts contracting on the way? Yes, I am throwing myself a pity party, and you're invited to stop complaining about it. I'm sorry. I don't blame you. I blame Caesar and this whole head-counting nonsense. The truth is, and I'm only telling you this, under ordinary circumstances, I'd love to return to Bethlehem, see my family again, my uncles and my cousins, and of course, my Auntie Al. I remember making the trip as a kid. But now, how am I supposed to explain all of this? Mary had to have an angel explain it to her, and I needed to have a divine dream just to get it. And what, how do I know that the rumors haven't spread all the way there? And what is my family going to say when Mary and I show up together and she looks... And you know my father's uncle is going to say something inappropriate. He can't shut his mouth under the best of circumstances. It doesn't matter. We have to return to Bethlehem no matter what. Because somewhere down the line, I'm related to King David. What do you mean I don't look like I have royal blood? It's true. I'm related to a king, and she's about to give birth to a king, and... You said marry her. So I did. You said name him Jesus. So I will. You said... You said he'd be the son of God. Your son. You are too good to us, Lord. What seemed so impossible still seems so impossible. But I will make this journey with my wife and your son. All right, girl. Well, you will be carrying Mary while Mary is carrying the Son of God, and I will be carrying a lot to process. <laughs> but we will make this journey, right, girl? Um, this little pity party stays between us, got it? Come thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free from our fears and sins release us let us find our rest in thee Thank you, Joseph. Kind of brings it home a little bit what he was going through. The words from other people, his best buddies as he tries to explain what actually went down. You think any of them believed? You think his father believed? 
You think his father-in-law believed him when he said, I didn't lay a hand on your daughter. Yet this man of compassion decided to stick with it. Though his plan was to put her away, to divorce her, God showed up in a dream and said, I've got a bigger plan. I've got a plan that engages your compassion at a level you didn't know possible. I've got a purpose for this and then moment in your life. Because God brought to Joseph a God revelation. When the unexpected happens, I want to encourage you to let that be a trigger to look for a God revelation. I don't know if you're like me. When the unexpected happen, I try to find solutions. I try to find my own answer, which is exactly what Joseph did. He tried to find his own solution to his and-then problem. But we need to take a pause. We need to take a beat. We need to slow down and give God a chance to reveal what he's doing in this. If you've ever asked, what is going on in my life right now? I encourage you to ask that to God. And you may be here today and you're like, I don't even believe in God. That's okay. He believes in you. And if you ask him and listen, you might just hear. Jesus is the focus of this story. Even though we look at Joseph's response, Jesus was what it was all about. Jesus was the bigger plan than Joseph's comfort and reputation. And God wanted Joseph to know that. Joseph's life was refined by his encounter with Jesus. It was redefined by the revelation of God's son with him, Emmanuel. And it's not just because he was a compassionate man, but because of who God is. God is a God who doesn't just demand our obedience or command us to live a certain way. He is a God of communication, a God of love, a God who shows up. And in fact, just as I was about to come up here to share this message with you, one of our members, Joan, came and shared this with me. And I just feel God wants to speak this to you today. So hear this in the voice of the Lord speaking to you. I am a faithful God. I have told you I will be with you always. Look around. See those who are older. Ask them if they had any problems in life. Ask them if they walked through their lives and felt abandoned then or or did they see God be faithful even through those difficult times God says I am a faithful God I will be with you always I am a good good father these are some of the ways God speaks to us this wasn't planned this wasn't something we had set up Joan had no idea what I was preaching about today, but God spoke to her, and she wrote these words, and I believe one or maybe many of you, as you heard those words, they resounded in your heart. You felt the love of God show up, that he's faithful 
and he's here for you. The way God spoke to Joseph was through a dream. It seems like men in the Bible with the name of Joseph tend to have a lot of dreams. God tends to speak to them through dreams. See, Mary got the angel himself, Gabriel, showing up in her room to talk to her. Joseph had a dream of an angel. But that's the beauty of God is he knows how to communicate in a way that we will listen. This is my guess. Now, the Bible doesn't tell this, so this is all speculation. But Joseph, being a construction worker, he was a guy who did things by the numbers. Measure twice, cut once, right? Oh, that's not me, but boy, am I thankful for those people that know that rule. He would measure it out, figure it out, especially as we have come to believe he is probably a mason, a stone worker. You don't want to cut stone twice. You want it to fit right where it was. So he is a logical man, and if an angel showed up and talked to him, he may not have listened. He may have said, I can't believe that. So God had to come to Joseph when he was asleep when his defenses were down, and speak to him that way. God knows you, and he knows how you will receive his word. The way that God first spoke to Joseph was confirmed in a scripture Joseph would have memorized from the time he was a child. One of the prophets, Isaiah, said this in Isaiah 7.14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, meaning God with us. As soon as Joseph would have heard that, he would have recognized this is This is something that is deep inside of me. This is God fulfilling what he promised. But Joseph had to hear a few times. Just like you and I, we don't pick up on it the first time. First, his fiance told him, Joseph, I have something to tell you. I don't know what she led with. If she led with I'm pregnant or she led with God came and spoke to me. But either one couldn't have been easy for Joseph to believe or receive. But this woman, he loves, a virtuous woman, a woman, my guess is for years he had been looking to, thinking, I think she's the one, comes to him after they have pledged themselves. Now, engagement in that day is much different than engagement today. Yes, it's a wonderful thing, and there's an expensive ring, and there's photographs, and you, you tell everybody, but the, the way engagement worked in Scripture, it was a pledge. That was when the greatest pledge took place was at engagement. And then the couple would stay separate in each living in their parents' homes until the day they were blessed at the temple or at the local synagogue. And then the marriage was activated. But the pledges were already made. The commitment was already there. The families had already started bonding themselves to each other. And it's in this situation that Mary comes and tells him. That's why the Bible uses the word divorce rather than just separation. So Mary comes to Joseph and says, I'm pregnant. But don't worry, it's all cool. I didn't sleep around, I promise. Uh, It's God's baby. Oh, really? God's baby. I was mad, but now I'm mad and disappointed and confused that you think I would be stupid enough to believe that, Mary. But... You're not someone I've ever known to lie, but I, I can't believe it. And so then, when Joseph is sleeping, God comes to him and says, 
he says that he will be the father of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That Mary is telling the truth. And then God ties it with scripture. So it's like many of us, we hear it from another person. Then God might speak to us. And then maybe we see a scripture that lines up to it. And all these things happen. It makes me think of another man who had a hard time believing. Um, A man named Thomas. Or as most of us know him, Doubting Thomas. Let's read his story out of John 20, 27 through 29. Then he said to Thomas, Jesus that is, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out and your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus said, because you have seen me, you have believed, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Joseph was one of those who did not see and yet believed. He eventually saw, but before he saw, he believed. See, Thomas was a man that just needed some proof. That's okay. Jesus met him at his point of need. If you're one of those that just needs some proof, ask Jesus. Ask God to speak to you. Ask him to prove himself to you. But scripture tells us there's a greater blessing to be able to believe what God says even before we see the proof. And as I think of the lives that are in this room and joining us online, I know many of you who haven't seen the proof yet, but you believe. You haven't seen the healing yet, but you believe. You haven't seen the marriage restored yet, but you believe. You haven't seen the child conceived yet, but you believe. And there's a special blessing in that. So Joseph had a revelation from God that fit him just as he was. And God will repeat himself until we have the opportunity to believe and not just know the message, but know the giver of the message, the one who's there to speak to us and communicate with us. Again, he's not just about us behaving properly. He's about relationship with us. And as you follow the story of Joseph through his life, God continues to guide and direct and protect and show up in Joseph's life. But then we see Joseph is also a man of action. As was examined last week with Mary, there's a response that God's looking for in our lives. He doesn't just want us to know the truth, but to live it out. Matthew 1.24 puts it like this. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Revelation is meant to produce action. Revelation of God. When you get something from God, when you understand a truth, it's not just so you feel good like, I hear the voice of God. Oh, or I had a great time in church. I just felt the presence of the Lord. Like, that is great. We love that. We pray for that. That means you are experiencing the Holy Spirit of the Lord impacting you. But what can you do with that? What action step can you take? How can you share that life-changing love of Jesus with someone in your home, someone at your workplace, someone in your neighborhood? How can you use what God has given you and revealed to you to take action? Joseph did this in spite of other people's opinions. 
I don't think anyone believed Joseph. I really don't. Mary obviously knew, so it was the two of them against the world. And if you've ever felt that, Mary, the mother of Christ, and Joseph, the father, understand what you're walking through. Jesus understands when no one believes. Just imagine today if your friend's girlfriend got pregnant and he came to you and said, well, first off, it wasn't me, but it also wasn't anybody else because it was Jesus um, through the power of the Holy Spirit. You'd be like, whatever. But Joseph took action. The man of compassion with a revelation from God took action. John 13, 17 tells us this. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. The blessing is not how many Bible verses are up here. It's how many Bible verses are out here. It's not how much you know about God up here. It's how much of his grace, his mercy, his love comes out of here. That's where the blessing of God is. When someone says, God bless you, that is really what scripture means, is that may you act out the goodness of God to a world that desperately needs it, to a world that needs hope, needs to know that God still does miracles, God still speaks to us, God loves us and wants a relationship with us. So how do we allow God into our story at this Christmas time? Live the way you know to live, like Joseph did. He was a good man. He went about things the right way. But don't just do that. Don't live to the best of your ability, the best of your knowledge. Then listen. Open up opportunity for God to speak to you. And because you're here today, because you're listening to this today, you're showing me that you are opening up yourself to hear God. Again, even if you don't believe in God, even if you're here just because someone you love is getting baptized, you're here. And something inside of you is opened enough to hear God. Listen to him. Give him a chance to speak. For some of us who've walked with God a long time, we know the right way to behave, the right way to live, the right things to do, the right things to avoid. And the danger for the more mature believer is to default to our past experience rather than the present revelation of God and the action he wants us to take now. So if you've been around the block, you've been following Jesus for a long time, don't grow cold in your connection with him. Don't eat yesterday's manna. Don't go on what you knew last week. Get a fresh revelation. Ask God to speak into your life today and then take action. And I'm not talking about being more busy or doing more ministry or signing up to do more stuff or to get out and do, 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 do and fill every last second of your life with the busyness of being a good Christian. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about doing only what God reveals. Jesus, after being a baby, grew up. And as he did ministry, we believe he only had about three years of active ministry. And it says, I do nothing without first hearing the Father's voice. 
If I was Jesus and had three years, I'd use every superpower I had and fly around the world and do miracles and impress people and put like big screens in the sky that speak the word of God. No, he just walked, once in a while rode a donkey around a small corner of the Middle East, talked to a few people in a society that had no influence and no power because it wasn't the human way of doing it. It was God's way. So look for those opportunities for God to use you and then take action. Be a person of compassion. Get the revelation of God through reading scripture, through prayer, through spending time with other believers. And then be a man or a woman of action. As we wrap up here and prepare for baptism, I just want to remind us because of God's compassion, because God has a plan, we can take action. We're going to welcome our kids to come in here this morning. And those who are getting ready for baptism, you can prepare yourself for that. Um, And again, I just want to share a little bit about baptism as we prepare our hearts to celebrate with those who are getting baptized this morning.
Thanks for listening, and please join us each Sunday at 10 a.m. for our worship service.